Well, well, everybody. Welcome back. It's your good old friend, Stephen Booth, baby. Back with some great football news and some wrestling news, too, my friend. So sit back, relax, and get used to it, baby. This is the number one sports show around. I'm the number one voice in the podcasting lane today, baby. Yo and my friend, Uncle Boo, coming. I'm Uncle Boo. Other another show. Anyways, I'm Stephen Booth, guys. Welcome back to the show. We got some good show, good show for you. I'm gonna have to maybe start doing two of these a week because um, starting to cover a lot more of the wrestling and stuff. And football season is gonna be picking up pretty soon. So I'm gonna have to start doing two of these a week, which is okay with me. It would really help out because I'm like behind. Today's Tuesday. I'm recording this. I should have done it Sunday, but it being Fourth of July weekend. So happy Fourth of July, everybody! By the way, hope you're having a great time barbecuing, swimming, shooting off some fireworks, living the life. All right, ma'am. I guess I just want to say thank you to everybody who listens, and uh, just thank you, ma'am. Thank you, thank you very much. All right, I guess we'll get on down to it, guys. We'll break on down with some uh, college football, or we'll do the NFL first. All right, let's cover the NFL first, because it's just, just going to be a small section. All right, here we go. Here's my notes for the NFL. All right, as everybody knows, training camp is around the corner. There really hasn't been anything really big, big happening in the NFL to really talk, talk about. So what I'm going to go over today real quick in the NFL since training camp is around the corner, this is the month of July, and this is the month when they will start their uh, training camps. All right, we're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals. They will start reporting July 25th. The Atlanta, oh, and they're going to be in uh, State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. Then we have the Atlanta Falcons. Theirs is going to be at IBM, the performance field at Fleury uh, Branch, Georgia. And they're going to be reporting July the 18th. Rookie or rookies by the 18th and veterans by the 25th. Baltimore Ravens will be having their training camp at the Under Armour Performance Center in Owings Mills, Maryland. They, uh, same thing there, rookies report July the 18th, veterans report the 25th. Then we have the Buffalo Bills. They will be at St. John Fisher University, Rochester, New York. The rookies be there July 18th, veterans the 25th. The Carolina Panthers will be at the uh, Walford College Sporting, or Sporting, or and. Wilford College, <coughs> Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, rookies need to be there July 22nd. Veterans the 25th. The Chicago Bears are going to be in the be in the PNC Center at Hollis Hall in Lake Forest, Illinois. Uh, rookies need to be there July 22nd. Veterans the 25th. Then we have the Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals are going to be at the Pregor Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. 
And they uh, rookies need to be reported by July 19th. Veterans the 21st. Then we have the Browns. Cleveland Browns will be at Cross Country Meritage Campus at Brewer, Ohio. Rookies have to be there the, 20, the 19th and veterans by the 21st. Then we have the Dallas Cowgirls. They will be at River Ridge Ridge Playing Fields in Osnard, California. The rookies and veterans have to be there no later than the 25th. And I will say the Cowboys, they've been going to California for training camp for, I mean, years. The only times they changed it was uh, a couple times. They did it once in Austin, once or twice, I think twice in Austin. They tried it once in uh, Wichita Falls, but going to California is pretty good because, I mean, down here in Texas, I know why a lot of these southern teams go up north to (coughs) or go somewhere cooler to do their uh, training camps because it's hot as fuck down here in Texas during the summer. The Denver Broncos will be reporting at Central Health Training Center in Elkwood, Colorado. Rookies have to be there the 29th and veterans the 25th. Detroit Lions will be at the Detroit Lions Training fa- uh, Faculty in Allen Park, Michigan. Rookies be there the 19th, veterans the 25th. Green Bay Packers will be at the K. Nachasi Field in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Rookies need to be there the 21st, and veterans the 25th. <coughs> the Houston Texans will be uh, having theirs at the Houston Methodist Training Center in Houston, Texas, and everybody has to be there July 25th. Uh, Grand Park uh, Sports Campus in Westfield, Indiana, or, yeah, Indiana for the Indiana, Indianapolis Colts. The Everybody has to be there July the 26th. Then we have the Jacksonville Jaguars. They'll be at Miller Electric, at the Miller Electric Center in Jacksonville, Florida. Rookies be there the 21st, and rookies, and uh, rookies be there the 21st, veterans the 25th. We have the Chiefs. They're going to be in uh, Missouri Rest, Missouri Western State University in St. Joseph, Missouri. 18th is for the rookies. 29th, you got to be there for the vets. All right, here's the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. They will be at the Intermountain Healthcare and Performance Center in Henderson, Nevada. Uh, rookies be there the 20th. Veterans the 25th. Los Angeles Chargers, they have to be, uh, they will be at Jack Habit Sports Complex in Costa Costa Mesa, California. July 18th for the rookies, July 25th for the veterans. Then we have the Los Angeles Rams. They're going to be practicing at the University of California in Irving, California. Everybody must be there July 25th. We have the Miami Dolphins. They're going to be at the Baptist Health Training Complex in Miami Gardens, Florida. Rookies need to report the 18th. Veterans are 25th. 
Then we have the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to be at the Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center in Egan, Minnesota. Rookies be there the 23rd. Veterans to be there the 25th. The New England Patriots are going to be at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. July 21st for rookies, 25th for the veterans. The New Orleans Saints will be practicing at the Oshnor Sports Performance Center in Maritari, Louisiana. Sorry if I butchered your name up. Rookies be there July 18th. Veterans the 25th. New York Giants will be at the Quest Diagnostic Training Faculty in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And uh, July the 18th for the rookies, 25th for the veterans. Then we have the New York Jets. They will be the New York Jets. They will be at the Atlantic Health Jets Training Center in Forham Park, New Jersey. Everybody has to be there July 29th. The Philadelphia Eagles will be at the Novacare Complex in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Everybody has to be there the 25th. Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers will be at the St. Vincent College in Luthen Road, Pennsylvania. And everybody has to be there the 26th of July. Then San Francisco has the SAP Performance Faculty in Santa Clara, California. Uh, rookies need to be there July the 18th and veterans the 25th. The Seattle Seahawks, they will be in Virginia Mass, Mass, the Virginia Mason Athletic Center in uh, Renton, Washington. Everybody has to be there July 25th. Then we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be in the Advent Health Training Center. Tampa, Florida. They have rookies report the 24th, veterans the 25th. Then we have the Tennessee Titans. They will be at the Assassin Saints Thomas Sports Park in Nashville, Tennessee. 20, uh, July 22nd for rookies, 25th for the veterans. Then we have the Washington Commanders. They will be in the Othro, Virginia Training Center at the Commanders Park. At Commander's Park in Ashburn, Virginia. Rookies need to be there July 21st. Uh, veterans be there the 25th. So that is when the NFL will start kicking and getting their practices going and getting ready for the upcoming season, guys. Sorry, I was thirsty. Um, <coughs> but yeah, dude. I'm freaking ready. I'm fucking pumped. Ready for some football, boy. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And then we'll probably get on to some uh, college. Breaking some teams down. All right. We'll be right back. Well, how's everybody doing today? This is good old friend Uncle Dickie from Borderline Texas Trash. The most popular podcast in the world today it's climbing up the charts faster than freaking slime on a sign baby well if you're wondering what the hell is borderline texas trash about and who is this some bitch uncle boo 
Well, Uncle Boo is the most recognizable voice in podcasting today, babies. We're going to get funky like a monkey on some ton of dreams. I'm coming in on white lightning, baby, on a silver saddle to bring you the best of borderline Texas trash, baby. I'm your host of the show, Uncle Boo. We go over everything. We do a little bit of politics at the end, but not much. I don't step into that bullshit a whole lot. But we have fun. I go over stupid world news of the day, talk about uh, stuff from the past, what the cost of living or stuff was like that. And we just talk about all sorts of fucking fun facts, do a little joking around. And my niece joins the show sometimes. We do a little segment called Cash Handy's Garage on Friday nights, baby. That's our live show we do sometimes. And then I got the uncle that I talked to down in uh, Boothville, Louisiana. And he calls sometimes. And we have a little show called Uncle Dickie's Kona. So you guys come check out Texas Borderline, Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I know you will love it. We are on every platform you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart. Uh, I mean, we're on everything. We're even on Podbean, man. We even got our own YouTube channel. We even got an Instagram account, and we got our Facebook account. So go check us out, man, and come listen to the show. You'll get to listen to Ash Handy, Uncle Boo, Uncle Dickie, and all the most recognizable voices in this motherfucking podcast in the world today, babies. Because we will get funky like a monkey, I guarantee it. Let's just say, baby, I was wine and dine with kings and queens, slept in dumpsters, ate pork and beans, baby. But I am your host of the show, Uncle Boo, Borderline Texas Trash. Don't forget about it. If you want to listen to a show to just get your mind off this crazy world and all the COVID and politics bullshit, <coughs> come check my show out. Come check me and my crazy family out. Some of the shit we do, we do live uh, shows from the barbecue. So I'll see you later. Bye. All right, guys. I am back, and we're going to do some uh, college football. Of course, we're going to do like we've been doing. Going over some of the teams for uh, this upcoming college football season. All right. guess we're going to start out with Texas Tech. The Texas Tech offense was good, but it sure, but it sure, but it could, should, it could, should, and likely will be better. Head coach Joey uh, McGuire is more of an offensive coach, but his offensive coordinator certainly knows what he's doing. Zach Kittle is one of the, uh, is, is on the verge of getting his own head coaching gig very, very soon. The former offensive coordinator who cracked up the crack, who cracked up the passing game with QB Bailey Zeppi at Houston Baptist moved over to do the same for a year at Western Kentucky University and last season. Kittle took over the same gig at Texas Tech, but without quite the same same successes. The Red Raiders averaged 464 yards and 34 points per game, and they led the Big 12 with over 300 passing yards per game. They need their quarterback situation to be settled and constant. 
For a third straight season, former Oregon Duck Tyler Shaw comes into the season as the starter. And with all the looks and skills to blow up into a top pro prospect, but he has to stay healthy. The six foot two thirty pounder sh- uh, showed why he was supposed to be another uh, Justin Herbert, throwing for four hundred and thirty six yards against Oklahoma in the regular season finale last season before hitting Ole Miss for two hundred and forty two yards and eleven uh, one hundred one hundred and eleven rushing yards and two scores in the Texas Bowl win. Shaw has, uh, sorry, that was a creepy, uh, bre- creepy, creepy way of breathing, and I didn't mean it. Shaw has only played 22 games over four seasons. Again, injuries. Tw- uh, 2022 leading passer Devon Smith le- left for Houston, uh, unfortunately, and Vernon Morton is more than just a good backup. He can step in in the O and wouldn't skip a beat. The receiving corp is uh, lo- is loaded with veteran with veteran talent. Jared Bradley and Miley Price had tied for the team with 51 catches. Xavier White made 41 grabs, and all the top five wide receivers returned, along with the uh, solid tight end combination of Baylor Cup and Mason Thorpe or Tharp making things even better in the addition of Dre McRae from Austin Perry. He may end up leading the uh, team in receptions. The ground game is hardly hardly ignored. Taj, Taj Brooks ran for 681 yards <coughs> excuse me, and seven scores, and sophomore Canron Valdez, who, wait, Valdez will get more of a role with second leading rusher Shondrick Thomas. The O the uh O the O line is good enough to get Brooks the openings to fly through, but the pass protection needs to be stronger. Texas Tech was last in the Big Twelve in the sacks and tackles for uh low for loss allowed. The addition of West Kentucky University center uh, Rusty States at center allows the uh, line to shift around a bit. And the veterans at tackle should be even stronger. Now the defense. The defense was good enough, I guess. It might not have been uh, Georgia, but it held up as well. It held up well. Was great at beating, but not also breaking. Bending, but not also breaking. And it uh, generated a constant, terrifying pass rush. Top Top end Trey Wilson is a Las Vegas Raider. But Tony Bradford is a strong inter-pass rusher, and Jalen Hutchins is a strong anchor in the nose coming off a 50-tackle season. More help is coming on the outside with Syracuse transfer Stephen Lincoln working in a hybrid role at one spot. 
the linebacker court loses top tacklers, Merriweather and Eldridge, and now it's up to the 244-pounders, Perry and Rodriguez, to be the new tackle stars. Perry in the middle and Rodriguez on the outside. Perry can get behind the line. There might be a little maneuvering in the front six and a few new parts, but the secondary is loaded with talent and experience in place. So, so Tyler, so Tyler DeBarrison led the team with three picks to go along with 74 stops. Tyler Owens is the fifth year working in the mix at the other safety spot. And coming in from San Diego State is J.C. Burkfield as a stat sheet filler at the team's uh, star position. So, Texas Tech might do pretty decent this year. But this year, I don't think they're going to beat Texas. Just saying that. And what the hell is Texas Tech going to do when they don't get to play Texas anymore? What, what game are they going to circle and be like, that's our rival? We've never, Texas has never considered them a rival because we have Oklahoma and we've always had, well, now we're getting A&M back. But, and two, we didn't, you know, Texas didn't cry when A&M didn't play them anymore. <laughs> Sorry, it's a hot peckerwood out there, and I'm trying to stay hydrated. Okay, what team we have next? Looks like Michigan State. Okay, the defense seems to get all the blame for any and all per uh, uh, any and all problems, mainly because it falls, it flaws have been so spectacular. The offense, the offense though, was even big. The offense was an even bigger issue at times. It it couldn't run, it couldn't move the chains, and it didn't astoundingly nothing to control the clock. The passing yards were there. Excuse me. The passing yards were there, but there wasn't the same explosion or pop like there was in two thousand and two. Excuse me, I got the hiccups. QB Peyton Thorne from Auburn and top receiver Can Can Coleman from Florida State is not like uh, Thorne did not have time to work, but he struggled up. He struggled on third downs in the uh, scoring drives. Were there like they were in two thousand? Weren't there like they were in two thousand twenty-one? Junior Na Camille did a uh, nice job in the little time he had to work la- work last season, hitting seventy-three percent of throws with three touchdowns and a pop in pop-up time. He's he's battling with six-three redshirt freshman Caitlin Hauser. A fantastic recruit with an elite pro style passing with elite pro style passing skills. The plays from the receiving core will be there. It just might be it just might take them a little bit to get going. 
Coleman was the main weapon with a uh, team high 58 catches for 798 yards and seven scores. And Jaden Reed is now a, a Green Bay Packer after finish, finishing a second on the team with 55 uh, grabs. That leaves senior Trey Mosley as the main returning veteran after spending four years in the program. The rest of the group is relatively untested with a few good-looking underclassmen. Gates Jr. and Glover pushing forward time along with Nebraska transfer Brown. The tight ends are set with Carr, Back, and uh, uh, Hooper, a good one coming in from Boise State. The time wasn't great, but it was a... But it was too good. But uh, the line was great. But it has to has two good veterans. It has two good venture veterans to work around. And Nick Samick and J.D. Dublin is a uh, two new linemen they got. There's enough experience back along with help from. Juco ranks in the recruiting class to to be okay, but the pass protection has to be far, far better this year. The ground game needs to start taking over. It averaged just three averaged just three point eight yards a carry after barreling for four point eight yards a pop two years ago. But the talent is in place and Collins left for Oklahoma State and Brawlsard was done. But Jalen Beggar led the team with 683 yards and six scores. Nathan Carter is a solid back Coming in from UConn, and Megan and Me- <laughs> and Megham is a good power runner who's uh, scored 15 touches for UCF in 2021 after grabbing uh, after coming from Colorado. Okay. Michigan State has too much defense coaching talent from the uh, head man on down to be that's uh, for it to be that's bad for this long. This group has got to come up with a third down stop, and it has got to finally fix the clinch in the sec- glitch in the secondary. After putting the worst pass defense in college football on the field for 2021. And 2022 defense came up with a grand total of two interceptions, so good and for bad. There's a wholesale change happening at defensive back this year. Melvin is an untested corner from from Wisconsin (coughs) who would get thrown into the mix with with Charles Bradley. Oh, with Charles Bradley, who did what he could with 48 tackles with six broke with six breakup passes 
and a uh, pick six against Ohio State. And Chester Kib Kibrog is on the outside. The sophomore the sophomore trio of Jordan oh of Jaden McCam and Dylan Tulane and Malachi Spencer need to grow into grow into their roles as safety at safety. The linebackers might be the biggest uh, strength. Former UNLV star Jacob uh, Widman has made two hundred and seven tackles tackles with seventeen sacks over the last three years for the Rebels and the Spartans. He was uh, great last year for MSU before getting hurt. And Cal Handley is back in the middle after leading the team with 120 tackles and 11 for loss. These two will fill up the stat sheet for show. All right. The pass rush has to get started. I didn't start coming in the coming together or you know the linebackers had to the linebackers had the linebackers had to do way too much the linebackers had to do way too much this year but now the front four gets former superstar recruit Adelia from Texas A&M and go along with promising junior Avier Dunn at the end their size and production inside around Simon Burrow made the machine break down against the run late in the year. So they got that to think about. All right. Well, that's Michigan State I covered. Jesus Christ, man. I didn't realize how much of a reading uh, this was going to have to be. But I don't mind. All right, we're going to go over the the Oregon Ducks real quick. The Duck attack was amazing last year. Sixth in the nation overall within passing efficiency. Tenth in scoring offense and number one in sacks allowed. Now the production has to be repeated even with a slew of replacements on the uh, offensive front. The experience might not be there on the line, but some of these distant uh, twos like Stephen Jones and Jackson Powers Johnson for the inside will be great. With former Texas star recruit Junior Algeo taking over at one guard spot. The tackles, though, should be the uh, real stars. 6'4", 300-pound Josh Carnally, and Carnally was a huge gift for the program last year, and now should shine at ta- at left tackle. And six five, three hundred and ten pound Rhode Island transfer <coughs> Cornelius. Could have gotten any uh, gotten any team in America, but he chose the chose this these guys. The running backs did not the running backs did not get to see much of the uh, spotlight with everything pa- with everything passing the game game did. But 
Bucky Irving and Noah Whittingham and Jordan James combined for over 2,000 yards and 15 touchdowns in a rotation, and all of them can catch. Irving is the best of the uh, bunch for 100-yard games in the last seven uh, outings. But the most dangerous runner is... We'll never know. I didn't get that far. Well, I it cut it off. Sorry about that. Well, Bo Nix, ser- Bo Nix, seriously, last year at this time, you could not get any SEC snob to stop the snickering at the idea of Nix. Nix, who was good in their three years at Auburn, but nothing amazing being a legitimate Heisman candidate in the NFL draft pro- in an fact. And an NFL prospect. That's exactly what he is now after hitting 72% of his passes for 3,593 yards and 29 touchdowns to go along with the 510 rushing yards and 14 scores. The receiver's parts, the receiving parts are there and there to do even more this year. All right. Troy Franklin has first round George uh, Troy Franklin has first round draft pick upside upcoming off a breakthrough 61 catch season for 891 yards and nine scores. Tied in Terrence Fargration has all Pac-12 upside for being for being uh, for making 32 grabs with five scores and ready to roll or a slew of high-end transfers. We got Johnson, Holden, and Bryant Jr. this year. They all came from big colleges: USC, Alabama, Troy. So they're going to be a good add-on and they will all remake a whole lot of and they will all be making a whole lot of noise now let's go over the defense the defense the defense shouldn't been a whole lot better with the uh, talent it had no pass rush the third round the third round stops were there a few Disturous meltdowns, and now it it will all give it another shot thanks to the transfer transfer portal. Oregon lost a a ton through the portal, but it is bringing in some fantastic new parts for what should be an overall upgrade. It starts with a secondary that lost the. Uh, cornerback Christian Gonzalez to the New England Patriots. But Bridges is back after making 49 tackles last year with three picks at one corner spot. The transfer will take care of the rest. Uh, Jackson and Reed uh, from Alabama and Colorado, they will fit in at corner. And safeties are Williams from Fresno State and Johnson from Ole Miss. That rounds out the secondary. That should be pretty interesting. 
the uh, the line could not do much of anything in the backfield. That means they couldn't get in the backfield is what this guy's trying to say. The uh, This year, there's no excuse with all Pac-12 performer Braden Dorless on the uh, side and South Carolina transfer Jordan Birch upon, about to be a terror on the uh, on the uh, other. Popo Ayumave and Teku Teka. Anyway, Tamani will hold their own in the uh, noise. And Casey Rogers is a big veteran who will get again who will be great again returning to his tackle spot. All right, let's see. Where am I at? All right. The linebacker core loses uh, Noah Swell to the Chicago Bears, but it gets back Jeffrey Baza on the inside and Mesafoon on the uh, outside. Now it's up to the uh, Iowa transfer, Justin Jacobs, to be another uh, Swell. And the NFL talent is there but he wasn't able to stay healthy for the Hawkeyes last year. So that's what they're worried about. All right. How many more do I have left? Two more schools to talk about. Let's leave them something to talk about. All right. Going to go over the Mich- the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Forget being the guy who has to replace a larger-than-life figure like Leach as a head coach. Trying to be the next offensive coordinator up at Mississippi State. After the guy who mastered the modern-day passing game, there's a... That's what new offensive coordinator Kevin Barbe has to has to do coming in after one year at Appalachian State. Lost in everything that happened was how Mississippi was winning, even though the offense was going crazy. The passing game was great, but it did not control the clock like it normally did under Leach. There wasn't anything happening down on the field. Excuse me, with the short range passes keeping the tempo at the right speed. At Appalachian State last year, Barbay's attack led the approved uh, Sun Belt in scoring in what was second in total yards. Was uh, dominated on the ground because of the ground game and almost never turned the ball over. How does this all work with a high-powered passer like Will Rogers? Vanderbilt transfer Mike Wright actually might be the fit, be eh, actually fit the uh, style a bit better. But that's but thus is still about Rogers, a three-year veteran who hit seventy-one percent of his throws for 10,689 yards and 82 touchdowns in three seasons. 
he'll have to tweak up his game a bit. Appalachian State threw it downfield a whole lot more than uh, Rodgers might be used to. So he better get used to that. Rodgers has the receivers who can make this work. Leading yardage guy, uh, Rar Thomas left for Georgia, but Rufus Harvey and Latrick Griffin are good <clears throat> mid-grade targets who who knew what they were uh, doing. And Jaden Waldy should shine on the outside doing more deep and better stuff. There's a tight end in the uh, in the more traditional sense at and Atrit had to get Spivey from TCU and Ryland Jody from Georgia. He got them through the transfer portal for tight ends. Uh, the one massive plus to ease the tra- the transition to return of just about everyone on the offensive line. There's about to be a whole lot of uh, snuffling. There's about to be a whole lot of shoving to fit the more balanced style, but the guys are there and around OT Cameron uh, Jones, who has the who has the best of all senior line. The backs are in place, too. Even though Dylan Johnson had transferred to Washington with uh, Marks and Price, and they went to Penn State, and they got Penn State transfers, Lee. So they are ready to do a whole lot of work and get this uh, offense going a little better. Okay. Now we're going to go over the defense. Head coach Zach Art is a defensive coach. And in keeping the uh, youth movement happening across Mississippi State, Mississippi State staff, 34-year-old Matt Brock mo- uh, moves up to the defensive coordinator after being Mike Leach's linebacker guy at Washington State and then Mississippi State. He takes over a veteran bunch, at least up front. And there's a... there. <clears throat> And that was good at getting into the backfield. Great at taking the ball away and allowed just 345 yards and 23 points per game. It starts with a line that has to replace a few good parts but has a terrific starting three in Nathan Piercing on the nose and 350-pound Jaden Crumley and 272-pounder Jordan Davis and DeMonte Russell rotating at the ends. Their job is to hold up against the run. The pass rush in plays behind the line should be once again come from their linebackers. Inside hitter Nather Watson, Watson was second in the team with 144 stops, six sacks, and 12 tackles for loss. He is in the sixth year with the uh, program, and Jeff Johnson or Jet Johnson is back on the uh, outside 
after leading the way with 116 tackles. Overall, the front five in a 3-2-6 alignment will be great this year. A slew of new parts to have fill in for the secondary. Uh, Richardson made a whole lot of plays at one corner job, finishing third with 85 tackles and with three broken up passes. But Forbes is a Washington commander now after making six picks, taking three for scores, and most of the top safeties have to be replaced. There's enough overall experience to be okay, but but this group will be tested after the Arizona, LSU, South Carolina, and Alabama. Blacky, blacky. Man, I didn't realize doing this would take so much part of the show. I might crack it down a little bit here because, uh, yeah, I got one more team to cover. Oh, then Daddy's going to have to take him a little breaky real quick. Okay, our last team, baby. I'm going to go over Clemson. All right. TCU offense hit the uh, downfield shots Clemson O struggled to come up with last season. The Horned Frogs attack was balanced and explosive and very, very clutch. And now it's up to the former offensive coordinator, Garrett Riley, to be uh, to reboot the uh, Tigers' offense. Clemson was hardly uh, awful, 410 yards and 33 points per game, great on third downs, and a solid and at solid running the ball. But there was too many turnovers, not enough big passing plays, and the whole thing was just too incident, if you know. You don't have you don't have DJ Uda good I can't even pronounce anyways you don't have DJ to kick around anymore they say he he was better than he got credit for considering receivers had uh, had an okay season but he was but he was not Trevor Dishman or Taji and he wasn't the Jade Club Club Clubbington. Now, anyways, now at Oregon State, now he's an Oregon State Beaver, and all the pressure is on Klubink to play on his uh, superstar recruit status. He was amazing in the ACC championship. 20 out of 24 for 279 yards, but even with 300 yards in the uh, Orange Bowl against Tennessee, he struggled a bit. The talent is unbelievable, uh, is undeniable. The next level is passing skills are there. He can run, and now the big gig is all out. Okay, well, that's a bit on the offense. I'm going to do the defense, and then we are... I'm going to start doing only two or three 
two or three of these a show. I try to do five to fill in for fill in, but damn. Now the Clemson defense. Yes, the secondary needed to be a bit more better against the pass or against passers. Considering pieces in place and they can run the defense well. And considering in the loss to Notre Dame in the fight against Florida State, but the pass rush was amazing, the best in the country overall. The run D was great, and talent was the, was there. And the group is loaded and deep. What's the difference between the SEC? Everyone says no one has the three hundred pound guys inside who can move like the conference gets. Clemson is obviously not in the SEC, but is on the uh, but is one of the reasons it's been able to compete at the highest levels in the uh, Dabu Sweeney era. The tackles are always uh, phenomenal. The combination of Duke and Tyler Davis is right there with the uh, best combo in the country. The ends are set for a really good the ends are set for a real good year and Xavier Thomas has been fine, but he has been uh, up to his he hasn't quite been up to his five star status, but he can do better they say. So uh, secondary, they say, is looking good, getting a lot of uh, returns coming back, a lot of uh, seniors. So, heck, yeah, looks like Clemson's going to be doing good. And like I said, I might just cover one team's defense. That's what I, probably what I'll do. When I go over a team, I won't do the whole thing. I'll just go over – well, I'll just keep doing this. Fuck it. If you guys like it, I'll just keep doing that. All right, guys. <sighs> We're done with the college football. Let's go ahead and take a break, and I'll be right back. Well, if you're looking for some scary, scary ghost stories from not just the United States, but from around the world, then look no further than ghost stories told from the South. I am the host of the show, Stephen LaBeouf. I tell scary stories from all over the world. And I really don't talk like this. I just like doing that at first, trying to be scary. But all BS aside, I have a little podcast called Ghost Stories Told from the South. I'm your host, Stephen Booth, baby. We tell, or I tell ghost stories um, from around the world, you know. We talk about hospitals, roads, bridges, lighthouses, mansions, hotels, uh, anything you can think of. We cover anything and everything, and my daughter started the show with me, but she quit doing it, so it's just me right now. So, hey, but come listen. It's called Ghost Stories Told from the South, and the reason it's called that is because uh, I'm from the South, and I'm telling ghost stories from the South. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? But it's some good old scary stuff. We cover urban legends, too, and just uh, maybe some unsolved mysteries, but it's mostly urban legends and uh stories and stuff so yeah if you're looking for a good scary time to sit by the fire with your friends and tell some stories go check out ghost stories told from the south we are on spotify iheart pandora uh stitcher 
Um, we're pretty much on every platform now, guys. We even got a YouTube channel. Go check it out. Ghost Stories Told from the South. We're on Facebook, and we're on Instagram, too. So go check us out at all them places and come check out the podcast. I hope you like it. Hope to see you at the next Scattery Scattery episode. Goodbye. All right. Now we're going to cover some wrestling. Let's see what's been going in the world of the wrestling. All right, we're going to start out with WWE NXT Gold Rush. This was the last Tuesday, 627 of 2023. We had in the first match, we had the NXT Women's Championship match against Tiffany Stratton and Thea Hale and Tiffany Stratton won. Then we have the second match, NXT Tag Team Championship match. Uh, the Wolfgang going up against uh, Edris Enough and Maleka Blade. And the uh, Wolfpack won the belts. Then we had... I skipped the match, but oh well. Then we had the uh, just a regular match. It was Dylan going up against uh, James. And Dylan won that one. Now, I didn't see... Uh, I forgot to watch this last episode, so... I'm sorry, I didn't get that. I didn't... I forgot about it. Then we had the NXT Heritage Cup Championship match against Nathan Fraser and Dragon Lee. And Nathan won that one, baby. And then we had in the fifth match, the last match of the night, we had the NXT Championship match against Carmella Hayes against Baron Gorbin. And Carmella Hayes won it. All right, now we're going to go to, I don't know why I'm talking like that, like a jackass. I should have done Raw first, but this was Raw. Seth Rollins comes out and updates his fan. Dominique addresses uh, Cody. And then we had, because, you know, Cody whipped his ass in the match, you know, with their... Uh, oh, this is what this is leading up to. Yeah, Money in the Bank. All this is leading up to Money in the Bank. And I'll cover that. be the last thing I cover, I believe. Okay, then we had the Women's Money in the Bank uh, Summit. Then we had Ronda Rousey versus uh, Raquel Rodriguez. And Ronda Rousey won that one. Then we had... Should say Nugamora going up against Ricochet, and Ricochet won that. And then we had the Miz going up against uh, Tom Tomaso, and that was in no content because someone jumped in. Then we had uh, Agura Toiza going up against uh, Dominic, and Dominic won. Then we had Gunther going up against Sammy, and Gunther won that one. Then we had Camilla Hayes going up against Vin Balor, and Vin Balor won that one. Then we had Cody Rhodes versus uh, 
Damian Priest at the end of the night, and Cody Rhodes won that one. And that was Monday Night Raw. Now, see, I couldn't find the, and I didn't watch the highlights for Wednesday's AEW Dynamite, but I couldn't find any of the fucking results for it, so I didn't do it. But here's the results for a SmackDown on 630 2023 on a Friday night. We had the WWE Women's Championship match. Asuka against uh, Charlotte Flair and Belair, Bianca Belair came in and interrupted the match. So that was an old contest match. How it ended. Then we had the Undisputed WWE Tag Team Championship Championship match. Sami Zayn going up against Kevin Owens. And going up against Kevin Owens with Pretty Deadly. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn won. They were still the champs. Then we had uh, Grayson Waller with uh, Logan Paul. Came out and splatted a little bit. Then we had uh, Butch and L.A. Knight and Santos Escobar. And Butch won that match. And then we had in the next match... It was Bailey and uh, Shotzi. And uh, I can't remember exact all the rules. There were some rules for the belt or something. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, Bailey won that one. And then the uh, we had, oh, Austin Theory went up against uh, Butch. And Austin Theory won that match. Then we had the undisputed WWE Championship, Roman Reigns. He came out, ran his mouth a little bit, and got super kicked. But that was uh, SmackDown. Now we're going to talk about AEW Rampage. This is from 6-30-2023. Okay, Rampage. The first match was the... uh, Ring of Honor World Championship match against Claudio. Uh, he defeated uh, Commander. Then we had Sean Spears who beat the Blade. That was a good match. And then there was a little video package of uh, the uh, men's Owen Hart Invitational Tournament thing. There's a big old clip about it. Which is awesome. I'm glad there's an organization getting to do something with Kevin Owens' name. I mean, with uh, Owen Hart's name. Because, I mean, I can see your porn. I wouldn't want the people that killed my fucking husband to be making money off of their name. Okay, then we had QT Marshall and Johnny TV. They defeated the Hardys. And who was it? Okay, it was QT Marshall, Johnny TV. They defeated uh, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy with a Hardy party, if that's what you want to call it. Then, uh, of course, after the match, Paige confronted Marshall and Johnny TV and punched them. Then the acclaim came out and all that stuff and the uh, guns. and Yeah, so it was a pretty good little duel they had. But then the, there was a promo with Wheeler Yuta. And that's how the show went off. 
Okay, now here's now what's this? Oh, now this is results from a collision. The uh, Owen Hart Foundation qualifi qualification match or finals, I mean, Powerhouse Hobbs and Dustin Rhodes. Powerhouse Hobbs won. Then we had uh, Miro went up against Anthony Henry, and Miro uh, beat him. Then we had another uh, for the cup. Uh, tournament match Ricky Starks against uh, Juice Richards or Juice Robinson and Ricky Starks won that one I like Ricky Starks I like that powerhouse Hobbs too he's a young good kid nice, nice to see some good young guys coming up making a name for themselves. then we had another Owen Hart match and it was Samoa Joe versus uh, Redrick Strong and Samoa Joe won that one and we had MJF going up against uh, Kip Mor Morissot. And MJF won that, my guys. And then this past weekend, of course, Saturday night was Money in the Bank. And it was pretty damn good. Started out with uh, Man's Money in the Bank. And Damian Priest won that one. Then the Woman's Money in the Bank. Ivy Sky won that one. Then we had a WWE World Championship match against Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. Seth Rollins won that, and I'm glad he won. I like Finn Balor, but not since he's been with the little posse he's with. Then uh, where was I? Then we had the WWE Intercontinental Championship match. Gunther against Matt Riddle. That was a good match, but Gunther won. Then we had Cody Rhodes going up against Dominic, and Cody Rhodes won that one, which I loved. Then we had the Bloodline Civil War. That was a good match, and the Usos won. <coughs> Roman Reigns has been pinned. One, two, three, in the middle of the squared circle. So that was fucking awesome. I love that match. Then the undisputed women's tag team match was uh, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. Rousey, well, they they lost the belts to uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Gonzalez. So that wrapped up last week's wrestling and everything, guys. So oh, sorry this episode took a little longer than expected, but hey. What's well, what I do? I'm gonna break down these college teams like that every year, every week. So, cause it's getting close to the college football time, baby. Ooh, but I'm glad you guys stuck around and listened to it. I'm gonna start doing these shows twice. So, I'll do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday record, and then I'll do anything that happens on Thursday, Friday after one Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That'll be my next episode. I'll do it on every Wednesday. I'll record and put one out. And then every... I'll go Wednesday and then Sunday. Because there's just so much. So, yeah. All right. Sorry if I'm being a, such a weirdo. But we will see you guys later. Thanks for listening. And uh, be good, man. See you next time, brother.